of, I mean, that's the same throughout Europe. They have big deals in place with all the major European incumbents. So any kind of action against Huawei is going to be much more significant than what's happening oh, with, with ZTE, which is a relatively small company. But Hi, this is Jamie Davis, and welcome to the Telecoms.com podcast. So this week, we've got a couple of holidays. So uh, we've got a new cast. Uh, Ian is back after a football injury. Um, yeah, kind of a football injury. Yeah, <laughs> made, made it sound a bit worse than it was, but yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, oh, uh, no, it, was just, you know, it was just a stupid thing with the kids. And oh, he got nutmegged odd. by Alex, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and wait for Hi. our Hello. first uh, for your first time on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So two. What is it? Three weeks in the job now. Four. Four weeks in the job. Yeah. yeah. He's still trying uh, to overcome uh, a, a the new stage in fright. Our in-house yeah. analyst, <laughs> yeah. and um, going to be offering us uh, a wealth of knowledge. Well, so, just as a reminder, before Pierre freaks out, oh, if you're you if, <laughs> if you're watching this on SoundCloud or iTunes, you can actually also watch the video on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can download the audio content of SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking about uh, Nokia's numbers, um, the last of the big vendors. Um, we're also going to be talking about convergence. It's been a big week for the convergence strategy. And finally, we're going to touch on China. There's a couple of interesting things which have been happening over in the Chinese market, and I think it's had some pretty notable impacts on the rest of the world. Um, so just to kick things off, I have no idea what happened in Nokia. I didn't actually yeah. write the story, I didn't look at the numbers, but I think um, where you covered it for the telecoms.com site, yeah. and Ian, you covered it for the Lightweight site. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to hand over to one of you. Okay. Well, you, you know, to the death. <laughs> <laughs> um, a big picture. Yeah, I mean, it was, this chair's very squeaky. Um, yeah, it's nothing to do with Nokia, obviously, but um, <laughs> yeah, their, their earnings were a bit squeaky, I suppose, as well. They 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 kind of share price went down quite a bit on the on the morning they reported, um, and the main issue was um, sort of margin shrinkage. Really, the sales seemed to hold up reasonably well, but um, operating profits on the network side of the business um, went right down. I think mm. I think the margin was sort of down to about one and a half percent from eight yeah. percent a year ago. So um, was that that was that the reverse of what happened a couple of the last quarter? Because I think um, might, I think they were down in the last quarter, to calm but everyone down about yeah. So yeah, the odd thing last time in the first quarter, they a similar thing happened. I think they, they their margins weren't looking so good in the morning, and the share price went right down. And then Rajiv Suri, the CEO, got on the got on the earnings call in the afternoon because they, their earnings calls quite delayed, uh, and when. 5G business is going to pick up in the second half of the year. Well, it's going to start appearing in the second half of the year, rather not pick up. And uh, <laughs> everything's, and that's going to be the start of the spending boom. And everything's going to be great. And the share price went right back up again. Um, and this time round, it didn't quite work out the same way. It sort of recovered a bit in the afternoon when he when when the earnings call yeah. was on because I think he soothed a few nerves. Um, but it's it, quite but a it calm was still, voice, I think it though, was, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he mm. is. I think it was still down five percent. I mean, I think there was a bit of panic in the morning, and I know some analysts are saying, well. Um, you know, they seem to be a little bit more cautious about when this sort of 5G um, uh, spending is going to begin. They, I think they were sort of last time around, they were saying second half of the year, they've pushed it back a little bit. It's sort of fourth quarter probably before we see the big kind of spending going on in North America. And, and one of the other issues on the margin side was apparently some customers sort of funding um, 
funding upgrades from existing budgets. So mm. not sort of spending more, but using what they'd already so allocated the, the for kind of network improvements to, yeah. to to start preparing for 5G. And, and it's almost like Nokia had sort of assumed previously that wasn't going to happen. Um, but it's, this seems to have had some impact on the margins. Uh, and, and I don't feel that was that well explained, why the margins are as weak as they are. I mean, I don't know whether no. you d- dug into that any more than I did, but it's certainly... It's, it's, it's interesting because if you look at what's happening at Ericsson at the moment, and if we go back to this time last year, Ericsson was sort of seen as the, the player that was really suffering, you know, yeah, had that yeah, horrible yeah, yeah. period when, you know, Vestberg had left and they were struggling to kind of stop the rot and, and you know, they had a new CEO who was trying to get to grips with things. And all of a sudden, Ericsson's now the company that seems to be doing quite well. Its margins have really been recovering. It kind of turned a corner in the last... They've got some, they got some good prospects on the horizon as well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, even, yeah. even from like the Verizon deal, I mean, their, their ex-CEO is in charge of that. I mean, that's a great business, thing so. for them to have Hans Vestberg all of a sudden being the main man at Verizon. Oh, they, yeah. They're already talking about more business from that. But mm. they seem to have this... Uh, one thing they've been doing is putting a lot more money into R&D spending, okay. um, which seems to have... Uh, and they've also been cutting jobs. So they've cut about 20,000 jobs since June 2016, I think. Uh, so massive cutbacks on costs, but also kind of ring-fencing R&D and ensuring that any of the cuts don't affect that. And that the combination of those two seems to have had this kind of restoring effect on the, on the margins. And, you know, they're, they're, they're still off their targets of getting up to sort of 10% at group level by yeah, 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 2020, yeah. but they're, they're kind of heading in the right well, direction. R&D levels? They're, so the operating profit margin, oh, basically. Right, right, right. The, sorry, what, sorry, I can't sorry. remember what it is at the moment, but their target for 2020, certainly at the overall group, and you've got to remember that digital services and other bits of the business are kind of weighing quite heavily. The network side is doing pretty well, but other bits of Ericsson are sort of weighing heavily on those numbers. So who's doing well? Who Who's looking like they're leading the race in the North American market? I mean, because Huawei discounted, ZTE discounted. Yeah. You know, you've got to look at Ericsson and Nokia. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty yeah. much those two. It's yeah. those two. I mean, it's only but those. who's, it's who's winning out of those well, two? I, I think Suri was asked if he was losing market share in the earnings call and he said no. Um, and I th- and Ericsson was also asked if it was gaining market share and they said it's too early for us to say at the moment. So I, I think it's still very neck and neck. I mean, I think pretty much so. Ericsson's yeah. done a very good job, obviously, on the cost reduction side. And this business of there seems to be this suggestion that the R&D spending increase has led to more profitable products. So, uh, and I remember talking to uh, Gabriel about this as well. He was saying the new platform they have, this new sort of baseband platform, yeah, which yeah. can be upgraded, software upgrades, very kind of, it's very profitable um, technology for them to be using. Um, so that seems to have had some kind of impact on the margins. But in terms of actually winning business and securing deals, Nokia insists that it's not losing market share. It's It's got things coming up in the North American pipeline. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you talk to some of the analysts as well, the guys who track the numbers and you know put buy and hold recommendations on these companies, they're kind of saying, well, let's just wait a bit and see what happens in the fourth quarter. Nokia's going to bounce back. So, But are they actually signing any deals at the moment or is it still the exploratory? They're stage. not announcing. They're not announcing any new deals yet. But um, in his uh, in his well sort of result launching result releasing speech, Suri was saying, "Yeah, we got well. Our win rate is pretty good, and we are attacking some selected verticals that would, I I believe that would diversify their client base beyond the telcos, and that would that would be helpful, especially in the four G. Yeah, era. they seem to be doing quite well the, there. There's yeah. quite a big increase on that yeah. side. But so. the one thing I I haven't seen with Nokia or Ericsson is I'm actually saying, yeah, okay, we got five G deals in place yeah now but with samsung for mm. instance that verizon deal is massive you know yeah. with the fixed wireless access in california is it right i mean that's a uh, yeah i mean that's 
big big win for Samsung and yeah. you know, there must a be a week, bit of a kick in the teeth for the a week ago else. a week ago I think Nokia announced a 1 billion frame agreement with China Mobile something yeah. like that so I mean was, I think any it was pretty big but I mean it's 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 not a deal it's it's a memorandum of understanding yeah. so things may change but it's a good sign it's, it's, winning it's some. none of it's really 5G at the moment yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there isn't any 5G and I think yeah. if you ask there's a lot of stuff about oh yeah we're, we're seeing a pickup in 5G business but if you ask them honestly um, I mean I spoke with um, Ericsson's chief marketing officer after the earnings came out and she said, "Well, look, it's not really 5G at the moment. Obviously, it's, yeah, it's yeah, laying yeah. the groundwork for that. It just doesn't that. exist, does it? You know, you get these press release statements that talk about 5G deals, but re really, what they're selling at the moment is equipment that, in time, will be software upgradable. Mm. They're not selling the new radios that go with, you know, the frequencies that have been introduced and often mm. haven't been licensed yet. Anyway, they're well, selling. Well, it's, it's despite what, despite what some say. I mean, yeah. uh, I think. Uh, I mean, I wasn't at the press with um, the the press session in Mobile Congress, but it didn't." Um, uh, I, can, I can never remember his name, but the, the Nokia CEO, he had a he had a pop, yeah, he had a pop at Ericsson saying, yeah. no, I mean five G, five G ready, five G upgradable. That's not a thing. Yeah, well, that was interesting because they're mm. they're now talking about five G upgradable stuff anyway. Oh, they're, so they're, when it's finished, it's it's decent, but when it's Swedish, it's a load of shit. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 his statement on their earnings, Surrey's statement, specifically makes reference to their airscale platform, which mm. is kind of the same thing as, as the Ericsson radio system. It's, mm. it's a, you know, it's just a baseband platform that, you know, when the software's ready, you can just upgrade it to 5G. You don't have to swap out any, yeah, any yeah, hardware yeah, yeah. components. So they have, they, they have the same claim, and Huawei's the same. It says, you know, we're selling, um, we're selling, you know, hardware now that in, in time you'll just be able to use a software upgrade to, to get it. Future-proof, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean there's no new hardware that's going to be sold. There will be a lot of new hardware that needs installing as well when, when they start to roll out 5G. But it's part of the part of the upgrade part of the hardware upgrade is being done i guess at the do moment do you know do you know how much it costs when you're looking at um, the sort of the 5g sites with like massive mimo and uh, and the sort of small cells you're spreading around the place mm. how much does it actually how much does one of these cell sites actually cost is it more expensive than what is there today because i saw an interesting graphic oh, it from will Horizon. be more expensive especially yeah, for the for the site acquisition because okay. it's, it's getting more and more difficult to acquire new sites and no, now, I'm, I'm I'm talking about the gear now, the gear, the actual yeah, kits on the um, sites. Yeah, that's well, I think that the massive MIMO technology is supposed to be really expensive. Because uh, there was an interesting graphic that came out of a Verizon analyst day, yeah. and it was um, they had 4G sites on one side and a theoretical 5G and small mm. cell sites on the other side, yeah. and you could see that there was substantially less. 5G sites than there were 4G sites. So my question is, if the if the kit isn't more expensive and the yeah. software isn't more expensive, you know this this efficiency is ultimately going to cost Nokia, Ericsson, Huawei a lot more because the number of sites is a lot smaller. Uh, no, the number of sites will will go up because we are moving up the the frequency, meaning the coverage of each site will be smaller. So you will need more sites. To cover the similar, area. I think they'll they'll be installing more. So you yeah. have your existing. But small grid. cells are substantially smaller, yeah, and much more mm. efficient and much more cost effective mm. than a current four G sites. That's yeah. what my point is. Yeah. So in areas where they launch, so you've got your existing network grid at the moment with your towers and everything, and uh, this is happening in Germany, for instance, that Deutsche Telekom's towers arm has started to up the rate at which it builds new sites because it says partly because it's going to need more sites for 5G because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as you say you're moving up the frequency band so you can't 
cover as much um, territory with a with, with a site. Um, but what will happen is they won't. They're not going to blanket countries with 5G yeah, yeah, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. It's going to take a really long time. I mean, anybody who thinks that 5G is going to be, you know, nationwide in the next, you know, soon after it's rolled out, because I think this is the other thing. You listen to the service providers and a lot of the noise from America. We're going to launch 5G in late 2018, 20. Well, yeah, in some bits of 12 cities for AT&T. It's not yeah, going to yeah, be, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not going to be blanket coverage for a long, long time. Sacramento for yeah. Horizon or, mm. you know, Yeah, it's, I mean, 4G's taken, 4G itself, if you look at the story, 4G, it's taken a long time to roll out. It's still not at 100% coverage in a lot of markets, and it's mm. been going up. You know, you go back a few years, it wasn't, in markets like the UK, there was a lot of areas that didn't have 4G coverage, and 5G would be this, well, probably even possibly even, even less. Today, yeah. Because there's less. There's the other. The other thing is, what's the business case for doing it? You know, in the first case, they need it for capacity boost in sort of busy areas. They need. Um, this is where they're going to target first, mm. especially in Europe. They'll be going into busy urban hotspots yep, yep, where yep. there's traffic congestion and there's more demand for high-speed services on smartphones, and they'll be using mm. it to sort of plug those holes. But well, this is part of what Telefonica said the other day. Yeah, uh, they're you know they've got a deal with Arkiva in place now, where yeah. they've, they're going to be building over the next twelve months, I think it is, three hundred small cell sites in and around certain boroughs in mm. London. Yeah. and the theory is twenty nineteen they can just so they're going to do it flick for, the switch. They're going to do it for yeah. fixed wireless access, mm. are they? Telefonica is that what they're talking about? Oh no, about, no, this is just like five G services, this is 5G. 5G. Yeah. and using Arkiva yeah. for for sort of backhaul. Is that what they're? Arkiva, they're using sort of microwave for backhaul? Or? I think so, I'm not 100%. Because Arkiva's Ar- making a big sort of play on this FWA thing, isn't it, in London, that so they can compete against fibre, but... They mm, have uh, no intentions, I mean, we'll... Getting, getting ahead of ourselves here, Ian, it's the next topic, the convergence, <laughs> next topic. Uh, well, we can actually move on to it now, actually. Unless you've got anything else to add on about Nokia? No, I think um, they, they... Well, the top-line numbers are not... Um, looking too good but at the same time if you break that down I, i'm really impressed by one business unit it's their nokia technologies so yeah. that, that's the the unit that licenses out their ipr and the, the brand to other partners and that's generating now nearly 90 percent of the total profit. profits yeah yeah with and only seven percent of the revenues and the, the other so bit um, i'd say that's doing quite well is their software side of things yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know this is where ericsson's not doing very well is on digital services and you know you, things like virtualized core networks yeah. and the oss systems all that's under digital services and they're like a key piece of the 5g yeah. network so mm-hmm. nokia has this big thing at the moment where it says we can provide end-to-end deals yeah we can do everything yeah. and i think in that respect they're in a much better position than ericsson so you know, maybe not as strong on the network side, but better than Ericsson on the the sort of end to end side of mm. things is my kind of broad so, take yeah, on that. So Suri was stressing the solution part yeah. of uh, Nokia's product. So. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, um, yeah, and on to convergence. So mm. convergence, convergence. There's three three areas I want to point at this week. Um, three companies. So Nokia. Uh, sorry, Nokia. What am I talking about? Orange doing convergence very well. Yeah. Telefonica UK couldn't care less about convergence. Mm. Virgin Media in the UK, convergence done very, very badly. Um, so uh, why don't you kick us off? Because I yeah. know you wrote the orange I, numbers. And yeah, I, I, can, I, covered I can provide them some insight briefly. on orange and the other one is not so much. But yeah, yeah I mean, orange is, um, it, its results for the last two or three quarters, I think, have been really encouraging. And, um, you know, if you talk to analysts, I think it's it's generally seen as one of the better performing incumbents in the, in Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and as you say, I think a lot of this is driven by 
it's, it's very interesting actually contrasting um, Orange with Vodafone in Spain, which is a market where they're both competing in extremely competitive market. Well. Um, well, Vodafone not doing so well. Oh, Vodafone, really? Vodafone had a pretty bad. So the Vodafone's um, earnings Rolling results this quarter, Spain, yeah, it's, right? it's yeah. real pressure points at the moment are Italy, which has been the result of Iliad. Well, Iliad in. is just causing chaos. It's causing there, chaos, right? yeah. and the other pressure point is Spain. And Calau said on the earnings call, he said it's just a super competitive market. You've got four companies there, I think, now offering converged products. Mm. And one of them is very aggressive on price. Massmobile, I think, is the sort of low-cost challenger there. And it's really hit. Vodafone hasn't had a, a good response to this, obviously. Whereas Orange, I think, in terms of both sales and profits, are massively up in, in Spain. I saw their um, convergent offers were across the group. It was up 9%. Again, yeah, I mean, they've, I, mean, I think they'd actually lost some customers. Numbers. but got cust- existing customers spending more, managed to get yeah. companies. I and mean, this is what BT's talking about doing as well. It's what focused it? less on growing. It? It's something like about 18 million SIMs are now on the converged offers. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a huge number. So they, they, this getting people to buy, you know, mobile customers who are only on mobile, getting them to take fixed line services, getting them to take... T- they, they just seem to have done quite a good job of, of dealing with this. And in the French market as well, where they've got... Iliad's been active there for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of a thorn in the side of the kind of established players. They're, Orange is doing really well. It's like, um, you know, it's... I think sales are up sort of one and a half percent, maybe, and maybe a bit to is a bit more, but they they kind of. Um, See, this it, is part of the reason why I like the the orange convergence plays because yeah. they spent so long getting the core basics. The there, basic are, there are skills. people who say they need to do mm. more. So our, our friend pa- Paolo Pescatore, at, um, who used to be at CCS Insight yeah. and is now independent, I'm mean, chatting to him about orange, and he feels they need to perhaps be more aggressive because they've not they've not been one of the companies that's they're still quite wary of sort of going out and spending heavily on content mm. you know they have i think they have some deals in place with like canal plus in france but mm. they've been less willing than uh, some other operators i mean certainly if you look I'm, at what's going on in the us market with the big deal with at&t and time warner i'm all right with it though because yeah. um i i think that the aggregator model and just offering choice is a very good one yeah for uh for telcos the business model isn't set up for them to do content very well. They don't have the right people, they don't have the right mentality, and they don't have the right risk profile to go out and secure these uh, these licenses. Yeah. Why not? I, I quite like the, the orange what's, what's strategy. What's your view on the whole, you know, the, the the big comparison that people make when they talk about this is the AT&T Time Warner deal, but what's your kind of take on where that's going to go? Because there's been some criticism of that recently, hasn't it, with them sort of wading in and saying, you know, you know you're... you're messing around with a, a really successful business model. There's a couple of companies around the world which are really be, doing very, very good things and looking like they are probably the most stable telcos worldwide. And, you know, you look at um, probably T-Mobile yeah. in the mm-hmm. States. Um, okay, they've got a nutter in charge, but, I mean, could you could you say that there there is a better business, um, a healthier business in terms of growing subscriber numbers, healthy profit margin, not much debt? That's a really healthy company. Um, Orange, incredibly healthy company as well. Uh, you can just look at their numbers every single time. You look at Geo. Geo's done very well. And what what is it? Because they've offered basic, basic services very well. Yeah. And then they're looking to go <coughs> elsewhere. This is this is my problem with convergence. Is that a lot of people go into do content or go into do sort of like fiber or they go into alternative services to compensate for the losses they're making in their core business. When convergence is done right, mm. you nail your core business and look for other things as a bonus. Yeah. Which is, I think, the big difference. Yeah. I don't know, I mean. No, 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 I agree. I mean, um, it, it also depends on which route you take, whether you uh, you do the AT&T way, which is, which is you, you splash out cash and you buy loads of um, premium content and 
you package it one way or another um, on, on Time Warner. Or, I mean, our um, a recent but uh, pretty pretty high-profile case is, uh, is Verizon, who just wrote off their Go90 uh, venture into well, original content, but on mobile, short-form content. Yep. And they've been struggling it for, what, three, four years, and never really found the food. So, um, yeah, that, that's why that brought me to, to agree with you in the sense that you need to you need to do the basics right. So Telefonica's strategy here in the UK, I think it's um, it's sound. Yeah, in the yeah. Sense I'm, so I'm this is the yeah. the we're not going to get involved exactly. with convergence. Yeah, well, not yet. Uh, they did a bit. They they just tied uh, a partnership with Netflix, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm quite sort of packaged, bundled deal. Now. But, I, but I'm all right with that because they're so that, that's different. Yeah, so, it's, so it's, when I yeah. so I was out with um, so I sort of met with them the other night. And their strategy is, we'll do connectivity very well. Mm. We'll do it cheaply. We'll do. We'll increase coverage, and we'll we'll really make sh- empower you yeah. to choose the content you want. We're not mm. going to do content. Mm. We're just going to allow it, make it easier for you to, you know, access YouTube anywhere. Mm. Access. Uh, you know, we'll set up partnerships so you can actually go through. If you want um, Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. yeah, you know, what it's. A, what about their whole sort of broadband strategy though? Because they don't really have a play there, do they? They don't no, have a, no a fixed broadband play, and that's obviously a little bit of convergence. It's not just a content, yeah, but it's yeah, having. Yeah. I mean, that that's the, maybe for me a, a bigger issue is companies that can offer packages Fixed of lines. not not even content so much because there's so much available over the top now that it, it's dubious whether you know whether oh, it's yeah. whether it's needed but certainly the ability to have a, a fixed line offer and a mobile offer together mm. seems I mean, to be increasingly is, important in a lot of european markets this if you is can't um, buy that, then telephonica are doing it everywhere else though aren't they and they're certainly doing it in spain doing obviously it in, doing um, it in germany i think as well aren't they i'm not sure they got I'm fixed not sure, line in germany i think they have a, a wholesale agreement with um deutsche telecom uh, to provide broadband services, I don't think they have their own network okay. infrastructure. I, I don't know about that for certain, but but um, they, um, I mean, from what from what Mark Evans said the other night, it was literally a case of now we got, we haven't got an issue, an issue uh, we haven't got an interest in it yet. Right. You know, we're the number one mobile player in the UK market. Yeah. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna you know get massive subscriber mm. numbers every single month yeah uh, every single quarter that's not their that's not their target can protect what they got marginally grow their market share in mobile and they, he, he turned around he said the big opportunity for us is enterprise 5g mm. said we've got like an almost non-existent business in enterprise as it stands yeah we're a massive challenger <clears throat> so that's where we're gonna make a huge amount of money um, yeah. which is for me a sensible mm. you know enterprise is risky yeah yeah and they also yeah. just acquired some uh, new frequency, right? In the yes, in yeah, the yeah. So they're building out their four G. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they got. I mean, in theory, so they spent what they spent five hundred odd million. I can't remember what. The, mm. I mean, the overall spending was one point four billion, wasn't it? Yeah. That auction, yeah. but I can't remember the. They it's probably four hundred. Yeah. They spent a lot, and it was to bolster their five G. They got some two point three gigahertz as yeah, well for their four G so, coverage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's the reason they're the leader, and they're probably not going to. And yeah, yeah. He probably mm. isn't going mean, to take it away from I'm them. Not, mm. I'm not going to say they're wrong because it's not really you know be arrogant to say I think they're wrong. I just wonder if that strategy in future will look risky when you know everybody think, else is making a fuss about convergence and. You know, if people increasingly start to buy these services where it's just easy to get, you know, your broadband and your, and your mobile, one, you know, lower cost as well. That's the other thing. You're spending less on your mobile and you fix together than if you got them separately. 
you know, is is that going to leave a company like O2 looking a bit exposed in the future? Are they going to change their mind about that? I like convergence. I think when it's done properly, it's a very, very sound and very good business strategy. Um, But I just think it's done badly too often. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you're right. I think it's easier to sell three services to one customer than it is to sell one service to three customers. It's also far more cost effective. Yeah, but you're right about them not doing it very well, though, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. I mean, the, the... you know, the BT and E is a classic example. You know, maybe they're starting to get their act together now, but for a long time, um, you know, that, that BT EE uh, deal, which is completed in what, 2016, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, quite a while, while ago. ago now. And, yeah. you know, I still get sort of, I mean, I'm a customer of both, but take separate services. You still get sort of phone calls from EE asking if you want EE's own broadband service, you know, mm. which is sort of resold on the, on the BT network. Yeah. There's not a lot of, you know, you can see the sort of issues that they face organisationally in terms of trying to bring together different departments and, you know, make sure the branding is consistent, the message is consistent. And so I've it seems heard like they've got a long way to go sometimes. So I've heard basically, even though it was BT that bought EE, the EE guys are basically coming and taking over. Yeah, um, well, and it, it is their executives much, are moving into the top spots. Yeah. It's very yeah. much a case of EE was a healthier business than BT, so we're going to have the senior guys E rather than BT. Mm-hmm. Um, but also talking about convergence and badly, Brings us on to Virgin Media. Yeah. Well, you, you know about that. I've, I've been I've been oblivious to that a little bit this week. But oh. It's in the headlines, obviously, about ITV. But uh, uh, no, uh, UK TV. UK, UK TV. TV. UK TV. So, uh, yeah. It's an absolute disaster. Um, they want it's UK TV offers all their packages as a bundle. Mm-hmm. Some of them are free, um, as in they're on Freeview channels and you can watch them online for free. Yeah. Um, and some of them, like Dave and Alibi, are premium that you have to pay for. They for offer Dave. Dave, it's, wow. it's a really, really popular channel. <laughs> I know. It's one of the most popular channels it's on, Freeview. on Freeview. Yeah. And, and on, no, it's not on Freeview. Dave, uh, it is. I like their channel 12. I like the name okay. of their catch-up channel, Dave Javu. Dave Javu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Plus one. That is like, uh, that's the best thing it's about It's Dave plus one, yeah. <laughs> plus Javu. one so But they had, so all of this comes as one bundle. And if you're a t- if you own a TV platform, you can only buy it as a bundle. Uh, but Virgin Media turned around and said, no, we don't want the premium ones. We actually just want the free ones. Yeah. UK TV said, that ain't happening. We're not a charity. You know, we don't, we don't give away our stuff for free. Um, and so the relationship broke down. And on Saturday night, UK TV just turned off all the channels on Virgin Media. Said, you're not allowed to have it. Customers are up in arms. I was a Virgin Media um, customer until six seven months ago and i can i can tell you that the the platform is substandard nobody Uh, watches live tv anymore yeah i mean it was awful i mean it was awful i mean probably one of the best things about it was the bloody dave channel um and then no so there's loads of tv so this is so uh, uk tv's up on a high horse and they're you know they're clopping along looking very looking down on a lot of very poor people saying you know you can't get the channels for cheaper but still maintain the subscription prices for your customer he's the you know uk tv is up on its high horse saying you know we're protecting the the customer but yeah. they're protecting their business model and i think it's perfectly reasonable yeah but loads of people are complaining Fifty thousand mentions on twitter or wow. something like that hmm. um our store uh, the story we wrote all the comments on it were basically people saying i can't believe they actually do this Worse service, same price. Give me three months. I'm I'm getting out and I'm going to Sky. So I think this is. I mean, this is a prime example of convergence done terribly, and it negatively impacting the rest mm. of the business. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, I just I, w- I wonder whether the I mean, this gets back to your point about. Meanwhile, you know, Richard Branson is talking about his book. That's it. Is he? Yeah, he in his rocket ship. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got nothing, got a he's got nothing he's got to do with it. I know, but still, come on. It's all liberty, isn't it? Now he gets so. paid. How much does he get paid? He gets get paid X right. amount. Of Is he got one percent or something? I don't five, know. six million a year for right. him to use the Virgin Brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He just he just sort of franchises out his name, yeah, doesn't he? Basically, basically. Yeah. that's quite cheap. But I just, I just, I mean, this gets back to your point about it's sort of AT and T and Time Warner. I just wonder whether these, like, um, you know, these these channels that are focused on linear content and um, you know big plays to go and acquire companies that have done that and, and spent lots of money on production but you know streamed things in a kind of traditional way not streamed it broadcast it yeah 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 you know whether whether those kinds of takeovers really make sense at all in the kind of Netflix and Amazon era where everything's getting disaggregated. Um, you're spending very small amounts of money per month. I mean, I, I no, I, I think it still does um, to start with. Yeah. Not, not all the new shows will go on Netflix yeah, or, this or is, Amazon. But this is my point. So that yeah. so HBO, for example, which mm. his most popular show is probably Game of Thrones, like yeah. in recent yeah. years. I mean, I I've, I've watched that and I've mm. liked I've enjoyed watching it and since coming off Sky um, a couple of years ago obviously can't get it anymore but you only have to wait um, until the series is finished and then all of a sudden it's available on, on no, Amazon well apparently you're not a hardcore follower if you are you want to watch it at the f- first instance yeah. and that doesn't happen on Netflix or Amazon unless it's their original content and I believe that's what um, the, the, the management of those companies was thinking where is the next Game of Thrones um, so linear TV, in but they're, that, in but they're spending money on their own shows now as do. well, aren't they? they do. I mean, yeah. Amazon's spent planning on spending about about as much as it costs to make Game of Thrones on a new That's series right. of Lord of the Rings, yeah. apparently. So. And Netflix just really? announced yeah. that, um, which seems they, like a weird thing to me after the films of a few years ago. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but is there any more are. to be said? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, Netflix. Netflix has just uh, tied a partnership in Spain because that their first sort of European. Partnership to to produce original content. Yeah, in yeah, there's a few. St- yeah, yeah. I, I know they don't sort of have the quality reputation that maybe an HBO has in terms yeah. of award-winning shows. They, mm. they, they, a lot of the stuff they put out is viewed as being well, yeah. who Netflix. Oh, yeah. they have a few uh, House of Cards and all that stuff. That's they have a few. They've got, they've got but, House but of not Cards, not but they've the not got Stranger they, Things. You know, they've got a lot of shit. Though. Though, is it? Mm. Yeah, it's won some awards for sure. Yeah, they got a they lot. got a lot of rubbish. A lot of, a lot of Adam Sandler type stuff. If you if you if you talk to Jesse, as I know he doesn't work here anymore, but if you talk to Jesse Whitaker and you go to the these content shows mm. and they just said they have uh, sort of Netflix execs everywhere snapping up as much content as mm. possible I think there it sounds like although they you know they picked a few winners and it must be very very difficult to pick out a winner from well, a it seems to be in a chart a sort of let's splash as much money yeah, as possible so. and a few things will be good well, but that's a lot why of they're stuff still, they're still losing money or is it HBO kidding. has a like let's be more targeted yeah. kind of approach no but the problem is, 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 is not only on content it's different business models so the linear TV is still based on I mean subscription being one thing they're still largely relying on advertising yeah. So advert- advertisement is still I think generating quite a bit of their income and if you look at the uh, advertising market the spending on linear tv is still higher yeah. than, than on other platforms so um in that sense it, it still makes sense to to own the linear channel mm. yeah I, I mean for the, for the moment i think so yeah but i mean i think 87 85 billion is a lot 
for mm. short-lived glory. Well, I mean, I mean, the story it, in the US is, very much yeah. is about cable cutting at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. And people dumping yeah. these dumping these channels yeah. because well, of cha- Amazon and Netflix. And I just wonder whether being able to watch Game of Thrones when it comes out instead of waiting for ten weeks is really enough to. Or yeah, you can, to, or to or you can just go on trend. one of the dodgy sites you know, on the internet and just watch or, it. Or doing that. that. <laughs> what, if, what if, like, what if they made Netflix free but with commercials? What would you think about? Well, that? maybe they will move yeah. to an advertising model, though. Netflix. I think, well, Netflix, I think there's no, no, there's no, no advertising. But, but, maybe, is, but maybe that will change. What, no? what if they did that? How would you feel oh, about it? Um, then if they I reduce, like it. if they reduce the subscription. Uh, no, they waive it completely. The, the thing it's that free. Th- well, the, the subscriptions are more likely to go up, aren't they? I think is the general sort of atmosphere. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I mean, we're cheap over here anyway. I mean, what is it like eight ninety nine in the US? It's going to go up. I mean, there's, there's a point. How much is it in the US? I, I, I don't know what it is. Ten ninety nine. I think their strategy is to try and increase it every year until they get mm. to a point when they see what impact it has on yeah. subscribers. There's, a, there's mm. a kind of sweet spot where people yeah. are prepared to pay maybe fourteen or fifteen. Equilibrium. More than that, they're going to go. Hang on a minute. It's very cheap at the moment. Yeah. For the, for the because you do get some quality you get a lot it's, of it's like on a that. pint and a half yeah well yeah I mostly that. watch all Netflix stuff yeah I I watch mainly Netflix I, stuff I, I, I mean I turned on like normal TV the other day I was like oh oh yeah they're all yeah, thing I, yeah, and it's done in HD yeah, you know it's yeah, yeah. standard definition I'm like ah oh. well I pay subscription but don't really watch it so um, um, how are we how are we looking for time Pierre yeah good good yeah. Yeah. yeah well we're gonna quickly move on to the last one because I think there's a couple of things that we want to discuss around China. Um, I didn't write the first story this week, so I haven't actually looked into it that much. I know some, I know some background knowledge on NXP. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think Scott did it for Telecom. Yeah, Scott did that one. Did yeah. you do it? I, for? I covered it. Okay, okay, okay. So well, I mean, if you if you have no, no, you go I ahead. Mean, yeah. Okay, I mean, it's uh, so the deal. I covered it very lightly, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to uh, yeah, I'll have it. to be careful. But yeah, I mean the. It's not my area at all. It's yeah, chip, yeah, the chips yeah. side of things. But Qualcomm, obviously the big sort of US mobile chips company, um, has had this deal in the pipeline for a long time to buy NXP Semiconductors, which is a, I think, headquartered in the Netherlands. Is it Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Started with uh, yeah. Philips, and has so a very strong position, as I understand it, in connected cars. And yeah. and, I, and and it was part of Qualcomm's strategy mm. to sort of beef up its position in that market in IoT. Yeah. Um, and it would have been one of the biggest tech deals ever, this $44 billion takeover they had yeah, in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They managed to get all the sort of regulatory permissions they needed in just about everywhere. Yeah, I think eight, eight out of nine countries. Eight out of nine, yeah, that's it, yeah. And then uh, the one that hadn't uh, agreed was China, and they Bloody needed Chinese. that because apparently a lot of, lot of the business is in China. So that was kind of crucial, and it had been held up till the deadline this week for, for getting that permission passed, yeah. which means the deal is basically off. And the the feeling is, I think, among um, you know market watchers, is that this is possibly a, a kind of Chinese retaliation, if you like. I think to so. I think it's a bit of a to, yeah. to, to, to tariff moves mm-hmm. and the, the tariff whole trade moves and ZTE, thing. Mm-hmm. possibly ZTE as well. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 all the stuff that's been happening there. This is sort of because China doesn't have the same kind of. Um, uh, weapons as the US in terms of raising tariffs, it buys a lot less, it imports a lot less from the US, obviously, than it than it sells. So, God, it was um, a, they're, they're this like, is a this is the kind of way for them to hit back, I guess. The the, the US, I mean, that, that was just a that was an economic dirty bomb they dropped on ZTE, wasn't it? I mean, it just shows the power of Silicon Valley. Yeah, you know, you 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 stop any trading with the US, and you basically can't function as an organization. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they, you know, yeah, they, I think so much of ZTE's, um, so much of its uh, products used US components for. I heard something like self, software, likes well. of Qualcomm yeah. and Intel, yeah. but also like these little tiny um, mm. optical guys like Acacia, I think. Yeah. And I heard something like seventy so, percent. Yeah, seventy-three percent or something. So they, as soon as that was, that, that as soon as that ban was in place, they were basically screwed, which is why they kind of stopped business operations. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is made this is kind of seen as China's way of, of so that deal is completely off now. Um, yeah, Qualcomm's trying billion. to put a brave face on things and say that it's not really affecting its strategy, but doesn't really make sense, obviously, because it's a deal, deal of that cost size. Them two billion it's cost them $2 billion. It's a breakup so, fee, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And um, I think there's some stuff on the, the web today about it. I, can't, I haven't read the, the stories today, but there was some... China sort of saying something like the deadline passed because we hadn't... They hadn't sort of dealt with everything we asked them to or, or something. Um and I, I didn't read the details of it, but mm. there's, there's, they're not, they're not sort of saying that they um, deliberately refused, block that it. It was deliberate, yeah. and they yeah. were blocking it. Mm. They're sort of saying, well, they didn't satisfy all oh, of our forgot. requirements. They didn't, uh, they didn't do it. Sort of shifting, we asked the, shifting, them to, yeah, yeah. Mm. shifting the buck a bit. Yeah. Well, so, that's, uh, I mean, you, it's, it's hardly unexpected. I mean, it's the sort yeah. of thing you, you were going to happen. I mean, it was only going to be finger pointing. You know, this is your fault. This is your fault, and mm. ultimately, that's what. You know, Qualcomm just got caught in a in the cross of the political fire, yeah, game, yeah, uh, which this, is this my is, view on it. This is also sort of engulfing everybody now, isn't it? And especially in our in our sector, you know, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. concerns about Huawei and ZTE and and the kind of, um, I mean, there's still a lot of, despite you know ZTE having this um, deal that it's got that, that it's got now to you know lift the ban if it pays mm. this, which is I think is, is now it's, it's, it's sort of agreed to pay this yeah. fine, hasn't it, and change. Management figures and, and putting some the other US processes. has to put in like its own compliance. Put in its own compliance team, team exactly. Like that, yeah. But there's still a lot of concern about its its future because it's racked up a lot of losses. I mean, I don't think it's published earnings yet for the second quarter, and maybe there's a delay to that because of what's been going mm. on. I but, mean, ultimately, you've got to be um, a bit terrified if you're if you're buying off ZTE. You know, you got you got to think to yourself. You build your supply well, chain. Well, they've lost that. they've lost deals, haven't they've they? Lost so many deals. I mean, I'd, I'd be terrified. Wind Tray in Italy is the most the the, the, yeah. the one that's been in the public eye is it, where they so had a big deal. In place. Sw- they were like a flagship yeah. customer of ZTE, and all of a sudden, Ericsson's now got that business. Mm. All of a sudden, yeah. What about um, uh, what about the consumer side of things? Because they got a big they got a big handset division. Yeah. You know, if they turn off, if if the US uh, decides to stop mm. them doing that again, um, Android. Yeah. Just disappears off their phones, and their phones are about as useful as this Rubik's cube, which mm. I, yeah, yeah, Ray, yeah inherited from Ray. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know their their yeah. phones become instantly useless, as does Huawei. When um, you know if if it does well, head down, there's concern that route. about Huawei, isn't there? Even I think yeah. um, your friends at Telefonica were reported to be um, saying, I think it was in the Telegraph today, that they are less exposed to Huawei in the UK market. They don't. They they're not as reliant the on. Yeah, uh, which said, is an interesting comment to make. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Mark Evans, he, he said he, they are more reliant on, they're, they're mainly Nokia and Ericsson. Right. Um, no ZTE yeah. and not that dependent. But ultimately, they, there's nothing really that much to worry about with Huawei. Because, well, I mean, well, if, well, if, the, if the I the UK was authorities Huawei, are starting to say, hang on a minute, this is a security threat in the same way the US Yeah, the, yeah, the story you wrote. Um, but if I'm a, if I'm a Huawei employee, so many networks are so utterly reliant on Huawei yeah. that you can't get rid of them. You know, yeah. if you get rid of Huawei and say, we're not going to do anything Huawei from now on, can you imagine the, the state of the UK network? It would fall apart. I mean, there's a there's a division in GCHQ which specifically monitors 
um, Huawei yeah. because of how reliant our network is on them. You know, yeah. it's it, the whole, the whole, the whole. It's like yeah, the they whole, were, they the were whole only card. very recently mm. named as one of BT's main sort of fibre first suppliers, along with yeah. Nokia, I think. Mm. So. Um, yeah, they do. They are kind of. I mean, that's the same throughout Europe. They have big deals in place with all the major European incumbents. So any kind of action against Huawei is going to be much more significant than what's happening oh, with, with ZTE, which is a relatively small company. But yeah, I think this is there's a big question mark still over um, ZTE's future because that fine's pretty substantial as a mm. percentage of, of what it generates in sales. How um, much was the fine? The fine's 1.4 billion, including the escrow. So it's about payments. 10% of their, their annual revenues. It's, I think, I think they, their annual's about 16 or 17 or something. So just below, yeah. So but they also had this fine last year that they paid. They've paid, paid. This yeah, comes on top of the billion uh, they paid last year, 900 million last year. Yeah, Some um, and they've like and their losses have been quite substantial while they've been basically not doing anything for three months. But, yeah, and um, if you look forward, if I'm a current customer and using I'm using ZTE, that's fine. I survived this round, and how about next? next round yeah so i better have a contingency plan yeah so, so it's pe yeah people moving yeah. away from being solely reliant on zte yeah. to having uh, a couple of providers in place mm. i think a lot of companies had sort of gone oh it's we'll get really favorable deals mm. if we give everything to zte yeah. which looked good at the time economically but now everybody's saying well hang on are there going to be these um measures no, taken against chinese themselves. companies and maybe we need to maybe we need to have more more players in the mix mm. and so it's yeah. changing the it's changing the kind of um, deal making environment. I think what's mm. happening. I mean, the other the other thing I wanted to talk about in China um, very briefly before we finish up is uh, is Facebook. Yeah. Um, something we were talking about just beforehand, and I think I think this just shows the power of you know we were talking about the power of the American economy there and uh, the American the American supply chain, and you look at China. The reason why everyone's willing to put up with. Mm. You know the demands of the Chinese government is because of the the consumer there, like Facebook for instance, um, is getting zero growth. Well, it's not getting zero growth. It's getting not, about ten, eleven percent growth in yeah. users every, every year on year, yeah. which is nowhere near high enough if it wants to sustain marketing, uh, the marketing budgets that's um, or the advertising revenues. Um, how about an extra billion people in China? How can, yeah. when when is it going to crack the great Chinese uh, firewall? And then that will an extra well, billion sure. customers. They've got their own big sort of internet yeah, players, that, haven't that, that's, that's the problem now. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, they're Have even expanding WeChat, outside China, those yeah. kinds of companies. But WeChat's more of a, it's like an e-commerce, no, not an e-commerce. It's It's like a messaging and a payment solution, isn't it? So everyone pays. Well, pays you, can, the, you can do quite a lot, yeah. Payment, yeah. payment. But, is it, one, but yeah. is it the same as, is it a social media platform in the same way as it, the feed? No, no, it's a, bit, it's a bit different from Facebook. It's, it, it started more like WhatsApp, yeah. but now it's expanded its functionality into payment and almost everything else. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I think um, actually the, the expectation of China on Facebook is probably um, overplayed. There is so so much entrenched and local similar services there. So even if uh, Facebook was to be allowed into the market, it would be quite difficult for them to really gear up to the expectation of what what the investors have for Facebook's entry into that market. Yeah. Although you you can't discourage Mark Zuckerberg doing all he can. To, to get back into the market. I mean, that's what CEOs are supposed to do. You you I maximize mean, your uh, your shareholders' value. So. I mean, all he needs is, let's say you go in there and you capture 10% of the market. I mean, that's, uh, that's 100 yeah. million people. 
You know, that's an extra hundred million. That's that's and that's a significant yeah, chunk no, of change. Not not a hundred. If you get a hundred million, that will give you probably fifty, sixty percent of the market. But I so think it'll be it's a lot like you smaller. Say, it's kind of getting past the Great Chinese Firewall, isn't it? It's 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 getting. Are you making a pun by saying the Great Chinese? That's firewall. what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ah, the Great yeah. Chinese Firewall. No, no, yeah. it's not a pun. It's, it's yeah, no, no, it's, it's a thing. thing. It is a it thing. Is a thing. thing. Yeah. No, he um, he did everything he could. He 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 run. He, he was running in, in Beijing. I know, I saw there. Yeah, Tiemann, photos, Tiemann yeah. Square. Or yeah, and uh, he how was, would you pronounce yeah. it? Sorry. Yeah, and he was um, sort of. He spoke Chinese as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did a Q and A session, yeah, didn't he, he in Mandarin? Even did he really? Learned yeah. learned to speak Chinese. He's been uh, dining politician. Yeah, yeah, his wife is Chinese American. Yeah, but it's a, but so, it's a massive yeah. market. Yeah, it it is. No, you can't discount the importance of the market. I mean, the 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 importance of it from my perspective is that. It's it's similar sort of levels in terms of advertising revenues as the Western markets. So if you yeah, grow almost, in, yeah. if you grow like their big glo- gro- uh, growth markets this year was I think India, the Philippines, and somewhere else I can't mm. remember where the third one was. But ARPU in Philippines is going to be nothing in comparison to North America or mm. Europe. Yeah, and. China will probably be on the same lines or maybe you know less than mm. North America and less than Europe but it's going to be certainly substantially more than the Philippines yeah um, but, but I mean Facebook is is doing business in China so there are Chinese advertisers yeah. using Facebook to reach the the global audience but it's, so, the, it's the the users I think the, the, no it, it's it's not the audience it's yeah. the advertisers so um I yeah, just I just think you know Western firms have had quite a lot of difficulty generally trying to break into China. Yeah, um, I think IBM is one of the few that's actually done uh, quite well out there. Yeah, but they've because all, they they were there early. This yeah, gets back so, to a yeah. lot of the US uh, issues at the moment and why mm. people like Chuck Schumer and Mark Rubio get so wound up because mm. these guys complain that for years, you know, companies that have technology companies that have got into China have been forced to hand over intellectual property as a condition yeah, 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 of going yeah. in. You know, they've had all these restrictions on them. It's very hard to operate. You have there. to partner with a local and, firm. You know, I just can't see the Chinese regulators like a company like Facebook, which is all mm. about openness content, to the rest of yeah. the world and content and sharing free yeah. opinions. And well, it's supposed to be well, about that's, that. That's the thing. That, um, that's what face, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn did. They, they made a lot of concessions to. Yeah to get entry into the Chinese yeah. market. Yeah. But and lately Apple of, Apple did that as well. You you wrote Facebook's that Apple to story. Them, yeah, no yeah. Oh, well no no but they they made some concessions on um sort of like oversight from yeah. the government. Right. Uh, I don't think I don't think Facebook has is prepared yeah. to meet Chinese demands at the moment. And yeah. I think that's the big issue. They're not they're not willing you know yeah. a Something like Facebook has incredible power for my, for me to be very empowering for the individual and very destabilizing for the Chinese governments, and I think that is yeah, yeah. the big issue. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, cool. We've well, wrap that one up. <laughs> put me in charge. We should advise governments. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's it now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's us, us done for the day. Um, I don't think we have a podcast next week. Uh, we won't be filming one next Friday, will we, Pierre? Because you're on holiday. Um, so unless Ross, no, I can't see him anywhere. Unless Ross wants to come in and do the filming, no, 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 not happening. No. Okay. Well, see you in a couple of weeks then. See ya. See ya.